Next thing you know, time has passed, and you'll look back, and they're gone. Amen? So that's my encouragement to you this morning, is to just look to God in all things. Make special time to spend with Him, whatever you spend now. Add a little to it, amen, because the best thing it is, it's always going to produce good fruit in you. Amen. Man, produce that good fruit. I like where it says, don't just bear. You know, he don't want you to bear just one or two things. He said, bear much fruit. Much fruit. So it's a lot. So we got a lot of work to do. Amen. Amen. So, all right. Who's happy to be here this morning? Y'all are awful quiet. Come on. Yeah. I heard like two amens or yes, like when JJ was talking. One of those or a couple. Three. I'm sorry. I heard three. So, but y'all, I have to get a little vibrant this morning. I know it's cold outside, but it's just all right. We're in a warm building. I know some of us worked late last night and yawning already. Or some of y'all did. I did not. I did not work late last night. I didn't hurt. So, but no, it's good to, good to be in the house of God. Amen. Like we said. Um, any other, no other announcements besides there was a couple of people that decided to come yesterday evening and start tearing walls out in the back. And and so we want to thank them for that. And so there's more work to be done back there. Um, if you wasn't here and didn't hear us talking, then um, we're going to tear out the two middle walls back there, dividing those rooms and the back area. Um, redo redo that, open it up, um, get some slideable partitions of some kind to slide open. So we can enclose and we can have more classroom space back there. We're going to put new floor down in the back, not the carpet out here yet, for some of those that are wondering that. Because it's cheaper in the, unless you've got $15,000 right just handy, we'll, we'll just, we'll do the carpet out here. So, just let y'all know <laughs> what it costs. <laughs> so if anybody is tired of this carpet enough to donate $15,000 to get it done, we'll get it done. No takers. All right, then. I'm just making sure. <laughs> but, no, uh, we, we decided back there right now we'll start there. Um, we're going to use some of the money we've got, like we've been talking about, to, uh, to update some things there. And we will work this way as we can, okay, I promise. And, and, then, um, and then we'll see how God blesses and how he moves and which way to go. And we'll pray for wisdom the whole time we do it, right? Amen. All right, so we want to thank them for doing that yesterday evening. Um, I saw him back here shaking his head. They don't want me to say their names who they were, so I won't call them out. Um, but y'all can take process of elimination and figure it out for yourself. It was not me and Gabby, all right? So just throw those out the window. I was at home last night in front of a fireplace. That's where I was. Um, any other announcements this morning? Did I forget anything? All right, just making sure. Well, let's receive our offering. Amen? Amen. Amen. Another chance we get to be obedient to God and His Word. And, and through this, like we've said the past few weeks, is, is a form of worship and praise to Him. And you say, well, how is that? I'm not lifting my hands. I'm not singing. Obedience is a form of worship, right? right. Obedience is a form of worship. This is not a time, as we said, where you come we got to give our money to the church. No, you're giving your money to the church, but it's you're you're blessing God while you do it, right? You're not just going 
to Victory Fellowship. It is, but you're honoring God and the work that He wants to do and, and the work that we need to do, not here in just these four walls, but in the community and out in the county and the state and the missionaries we support abroad and stuff. So, so this money does not just go here to keep lights on. It goes out to help. And so that's where we want to be. We want to be a blessing to those around us. Um, so... Prayer request. I did not have anybody come up, and, and you know we normally have. I have some, but um, but if you got some needs, pray for those needs. Okay, pray for you as we go into our time of word this morning. That that from children's church on up, we'll we'll receive this morning what God has, and we will grow and we will leave here changed. Why? Because we was in the house of God this morning, right? We was with God. Amen. All right. Well, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we love you and we praise you. We thank you for this day and this time together in which we come and, and, and just get the, the freedom to have to sing praises to your name each and every day. We can come in this corporate worship and time together. And God, we don't take it for granted, God. We don't take it just as another Sunday, but Father, we take it that we get to come to the house of God with singing and with gladness and with joy. And that's how we need to come each and every day before your throne. And God, we thank you for this time. Thank you, Father, for, for what you're doing here and what you're doing in hearts and lives and what you're going to do. And God, we just give you all the glory and honor and praise for it. As we go into our time of word this morning, that we open up and receive what you have for us today, that we can go from here, God, built up, encouraged in the word of God, edified as the body of Christ, and we can go out in this dark and dying world and proclaim your name and love through our life as you've told us to. And God, we thank you for that. God, we ask you to bless this time of giving this morning, that you're with each and every one in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Amen. Amen. All right, children, y'all go to children's church this morning. Hallie's not here, so y'all got tip Mama Tisha back here with you this morning? Oh, I, so Kenzie. So y'all take it easy on Kenzie. Oh, and Emma. I'd be scared of Emma. So. <laughs> Luke is anyway. Right. <laughs> Amen. Well, all right. Well, I hope that everyone had a wonderful Valentine's Day, that you took the time to show or tell, however you've done it, the one that, that you love, and, and you, hopefully if you're, if you're married, the one you're married to, and shown extra special love to them that day. Um, and, and so, you know, because I hope you do that every day, but I hope you took extra time, and I saw pictures on Facebook of people that got flowers and chocolates. And, and if you got chocolate-covered strawberries, like I said last Sunday, then you should have been covered. Should have been. So I hope I hope everybody had a good time. I, and I thank you to all the, I would just say all the women, but it wasn't just women. Aiden was here helping also, and Joe stayed and helped wash strawberries. And so everybody that stayed last Sunday afternoon, y'all spent, what, three and a half, four hours probably? Washing strawberries, whatever, melting chocolate, dipping, and, and they look fantastic. I had a guy come up Thursday at work and said, man, those chocolates were awesome. Those strawberries are great. We're still eating on them. 
And so everybody that I talked to that, that bought some for me that I, that I knew um, just raved about how good they was and the job y'all done. So thank y'all again. Um, it was a wonderful time, wonderful job. So thank y'all for that sacrifice. But all right, well, last week we started talking about love and action, right? That agape love, we carried that over from a couple weeks ago. And, and we started talking about the home and, and the, the husband's role and the wife's role in the home and, and how that, you know, and I hope that women that was here last week took note and submitted to your husbands as you were supposed to. No, nothing. Do you have supper cooked for them? Who? Well, thank you. Ginger, did you? Thank you, Ginger. Oh, <laughs> the one, there is one place in the Bible that I did not read. But Sarah called Abraham Lord. I'm just saying. I, <laughs> she did. And it's biblical that she looked at anyway. We went, we're not going there. But no. Oh, I haven't said anything about my wife this morning yet. Nothing. I'm not going to. I was. She's, I, will, I will tell this story because she's right here. That she was driving to work last Monday morning because she wasn't in here for most of the service with the strawberry stuff and called me right as she got to work. What did you say? I said, what are you talking about? Say nothing. Nothing out of the way. I don't even remember. What, what did I say? Do you remember? See? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I told Blake that Hallie was her child and that they would have, he would have work to do. And I got in trouble for that. I said, I thought I made up for it by saying, when you come through the door, I lost my place. And it's been doing it for 25 years. But I, I didn't make up for it, obviously. So, But I did get in trouble. Hence, while I know while my dad might have been harder on the men sometimes than the women. So, no, nah, I'm joking. Mama didn't get on him like that. And he wasn't harder on the men at times. Why? Because I'm a man and he's a man and we know how men are. And we're still trying to understand women, right? How many years y'all been married? Fifty what? Fifty-four? And you're still trying to understand women? Okay. So it's something that we'll never understand. I think it's part of the curse. <laughs> right. <That's laughs> but we love women, and we love trying to understand women. I love trying to understand my wife all the time. I know what she wants. She wants me to listen. And she wants me to do what I'm supposed to do. And I could do that if I just would. Then I would understand more. But that doesn't happen. Because I'm a man. And like I said last week, men don't want to submit like they need to. So, and hence, and, and you know, the women don't submit and not call us Lord. And not we don't lord over women. And that's not what I was talking about. So, hope everybody knows that. I love my wife. I love my family, I love my home, I love my 25 years with her that we celebrate this July, I do. And I thank God for it every day. So, maybe that will keep me out of the doghouse for a little while. I didn't even have that wrote down, that wasn't even in my notes. That was, that was from the heart this morning. So, but, I will say this, marriages, marriages will last 100% of the time if they're built on Jesus Christ. There's no 50-50 in marriage, right? If one person is given 100%, then it still may not work. 
Why? Because it's, it's made not for 50-50. Oh, we give 50-50. No, both of you better be given 100 and 100 to make it work. But if it's not built on the foundation of Jesus Christ, then it's not going to work 100% of the time. And we've seen that. We've seen marriages start out being built on the foundation of Jesus Christ and it move away from that. And guess what? It didn't work, did it? But we've also seen marriages that didn't start out built on foundation of Jesus and they found Jesus and built their marriage on that foundation and they worked, didn't they? So, so, But 100% of the time, according to the Word of God, if you build your life and your house and your, your world around you on the foundation of Jesus Christ, it will stand is what the Word of God says, right? So that's our marriage also. That's what we want to do. We want our home to be secure. We want our marriage to be secure. We want our life to be secure. So that when we, we got to start with everything being built in Jesus as a foundation, as we read a few weeks ago. So, so the only way that we're going to teach this as we go along, especially in our home, and we want our children to see that teaching has to start where? At the home, right? Not at the school. If you leave it to me on Sunday morning or the children's church teacher to teach you and your children about the Bible, then you're lacking in what you need to be taught about the Word of God. This is good that you're coming here listening to the Word of God, but you need more of it every day to be able to teach. Why? If that was the case, and the children shouldn't need to go to school, but... One day a week, right? A couple hours. That should be good. If we, if we look at our spiritual life and what we need from God in that aspect, to come here and, and hear this, then we shouldn't even be sending our kids to school. I figured most of the kids would just say amen. We'll just play sports all the time, right? Just run around and do nothing. But that, and that's the mindset. We, we, we're, in a, we're in a world and a society today to where let somebody else take care of it so we don't have to. But if you're a parent in here, if you have children, if you have stepchildren, whatever, you're in that role as a parent, as a guardian. It is your job to teach those children the Word of God. And the only way they're going to learn love and agape love and what we've been talking about is at home. And if you practice that at home and have your life and your marriage built on those things. Because they will not learn that love at school. Thoughtful school, they won't learn it at most Christian schools nowadays or private schools. Why? Because they're all about just, anyway. So, and I ain't saying all of them's like that, okay? But I went to one for a lot of years. And it turned into, well, we just need money. So there was a, there, you didn't learn that love there. Yeah, sure, we read the Bible, but it wasn't taught day to day. Love wasn't taught. It was taught at home. Like I said last week, I was fortunate to grow up in a home in a, with a mom and dad that showed that kind of love every day and taught that to us. So, so I mean, if you was, you say, well, I wasn't raised in that kind of home. Well, you need to understand the Word of God. And then if you're a child of God, you need to start loving that way as God loved us, right? What we said agape love was. It's God showing His love to us, and then understand that, and then you start showing. I had a guy that I got to witness to at work a couple weeks ago. And, you know, I was telling him that, you know, as we said last week, that um, the man, the man is supposed to be the spiritual leader of the home. And he said, well, how do I get to that point? I said, it's going to take time. 
It's going to take time. You don't just get saved one day and the next day walk in and say, this is how it's going to be, and everybody just falls in line like it should. It doesn't work that way. So as a man, I have got to constantly work on being the spiritual leader of my home and provider. I've got to be that. As, as the woman, if, if you're married and, and your husband is striving to be that, you've got to strive to be the wife that you're supposed to be and help him and be his helpmeet along the way and urge him that way. And that way he can have his role fulfilled and you can have your role fulfilled and love will work as it needs to in that love and action. So as, as parents, we've got to work on these things. And we've, if we want a healthy home, if we want a healthy home, did, did I do everything right as uh, 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 being the spiritual leader of my home? No. We didn't. We didn't do everything like we needed to all the time. So us not doing that, is that why I have children that are wayward? I don't believe so. You say, well, you brought them to church. It should be good enough. No, it's not. Again, just bringing them to church is not good enough. I know a lot of people my age... That, that were brought up in church that do not go to church at all. And, and so, you know, it's not enough to do that. We've got, they've got to see it at home, but that doesn't mean that just because I didn't do everything I needed to, just like my mom and dad did to show me. Now, we did a lot. We, we showed them love. We showed them grace. We showed them mercy. We showed them how to do things. We tried to teach them in different ways. We tried to lead them into those things. But... It comes to a point, just as in your own life, that nobody forced you to get saved. Nobody forced you to come drag you down and slammed your head at the altar and say, now repent of your sins and make Jesus Lord of your life. You want to do that to your own children, just as your parents wanted to do that to you, but they didn't. Why? Because they couldn't do it. It's got to be your own free will. And, and so... You know, as it's our responsibility to start teaching that and, and getting that there. But if we leave it up to everything else in the world, the schools, TV, Internet, social media, they're never going to learn it. All they're going to learn is the world's way of love. And lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and pride of life. That's all they're going to learn. And then we wonder why society turns out the way, people in society turn out the way they do. It's because we're left up to their own things. To their, own, to their own demise. And so if we want our children to be godly men and women, they need to have parents in their life, grandparents in their life, aunt and uncles in their life, if they're not at home, whatever. But if you're the parents, then you need to be a godly man and woman in your life. That way your children can see that also. That way they can see the example they need to be. And so we've got a huge responsibility as parents. It's not nothing, just... Oh, I'm having a baby. No, that's a huge deal. It's a huge deal to have a child and raise that child. But there's ways that the Bible talks about that we have to do it. And first thing, and, and so we want to go back to Ephesians chapter 5 this morning. I do want to start in a verse prior. Can I do that? Can I have somebody read it this morning? No, I won't. <laughs> but... But we want to start in verse 21. Last week I started in verse 22. I might have got called out on it. But I might have got told I've never heard a man preach about the home and start in verse 21. So we're going to start in verse 21. Because I agree, after reading verse 21, we do need to do this. 
it is something that needs to be done. So it's Paul says submitting to one another in the fear of God. Submitting to one another. How are we going to submit to one another? As, as we submit unto Christ, right? We're not going to submit unto one another until we get to that point. So husband and wife submitting to one another in the fear of God. Then he goes into husband and wife. But each other, we've got to submit to one another. And that doesn't mean that we bow down to each other all the time or do anything like that. It's, it's coming together as one. And under the fear of God. In the fear of God. Verse 22, wives submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is the head of the church, and he is a savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of the water by the word, and he might present her to himself a glorious church, having no spot or wrinkle or any such thing that he should be holy and without blemish. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. And he who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes it and cherishes it just as the Lord does the church. For are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this reason we know shall a man leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let each of you, each one of you in particular, so love his own wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. So, to get to this point, we want our house and our home built on these things, these foundations of the Word of God. It's going to take a daily walk, a daily walk, because that love is, is we've got to have no doubt when it comes to that love. We've got to have no, there's no place for doubt. There's no, no area to where you can say, well, I, I don't know that I love them. I don't know that I love them. We've been together for 20 years, but I don't know that I love them. That's like me walking up to Gabby tomorrow and saying, but I don't know that I love you anymore. That'd be garbage. Why? Because I would, I would have stopped at that point submitting myself to God and what I know is right in my life. And I would be wanting my own, my own ways. I'd be wanting to do my own thing and live my own life as what we see in the world each and every day. We fall in and out of love all the time. We see that. We see, we see relationships go one way and the other from teenagers on up and, and into, a, into our adult life. We see them with, with this person this week and this person this week and this person. And, and, and it's never just, it's, it's always something. Always something. But the Bible do you know the Bible talks about courting? It never talks about dating. Y'all realize that? There's not a dating app with the Bible. You, you understand that, right? It's so I know when well, you look in the Old Testament, there was a lot of arranged marriages. Well, there was at times. There was. But it doesn't give us any instruction in here on how to date somebody, does it? Bo, it says when a man and woman, when they leave, they cleave to each other and they become one flesh, right? Because we all know how dating can mess up what God has set down, right? Because we all understand and we all know as adults when we get alone with the other, the other opposite sex that things can happen that shouldn't happen. Especially if we're not married. 
And, and we all understand that, but that's why Paul, he, he, he was not married. He never was married. But he said, this is a great mystery. I don't understand. God's called me to be by myself. He said, but if you can't be alone, then you need to go be married. But he says, we are to love each other. And, and love has to start with us submitting to God, me as a man. If I wasn't married, my job would be submit my life to God. And then I heard this when I was a teenager and hated hearing it. Pray for God to send you that one that way. Wait on God. You don't have to go date everybody. Wait on God. I'm like, shut up, Dad. Shut up. There's plenty of people I see I want to date. And I hear him say the same thing to the youth group now. And if you're dating, I'm not telling you you're in sin because you're dating, okay? I'm not. That's not what I'm saying. So don't, don't think that. But we all know that failed relationships build walls and in places that don't need to be walls, right? We all know that. Teenagers realize and understand that. Dating, if you, you know, sharing emotions and things with, with, with boys and girls and, and it gets to a point to where an ugly breakup happens and all this kind of stuff, guess what that done? You got hurt and you don't want to feel that pain again. So you build up a little wall right there. And then you won't let somebody in where they need to be. So, so we've got to teach this daily walk in love. As we said last week, the Bible doesn't also, also doesn't say that we fall in love. It says in the first Ephesians, he says walk in love, right? Not fall in love, but walk in love. It's a daily act of us submitting to God and submitting to each other. A daily thing. A daily thing where I'm going to walk in love today just like I did yesterday. I want to, be, I want to love this person more today than I did yesterday. Well, how do you do that? By submitting yourself to God. Submitting yourself to God. And, and as we do that, then we'll see the love of God come out and shine through us. And that's that agape love. That's that love in action. So it's our responsibility as parents to raise our children and dis- discipline them when they do wrong. Not pacify them, right? So I spent last week, and some of this one, we talked about husband and wife and our roles. And so since we're not carrying this on the next week, and we want our home to be complete... And I'm glad you teenagers are in here. You get to listen to how to be good kids. I can bring the children's church age back in here if I need to. Better than that, the parents that are with the children's church age children go home be the parents that they need to be and, and start praying over them and loving them like they need to and, and showing that love in their home. And then they'll see that they need to be um, different in their life. Because the Bible and Proverbs, and we all know this, this, chat, this verse, it doesn't say that, that we do anything else but train them, right? In Proverbs chapter 22 and verse 6, well-known verse, I've heard it my whole life. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he will not depart from it. That's great. That first part of that is great. Train up a child in the way he should go. The last part we hate to even read because we don't know when old is. And we want old to be now. We want them to straighten up and be who God called them to be now. Not when I'm old. Not when they're old. We want it now. And so he said, and when they're old, they won't depart from it. So to train is a verb. It's, it's in action. It's doing something. Just like the love we're talking about, we're training. And, and it just simply means, out of the Webster's Dictionary, to teach so as to make fit, qualified, or proficient. 
to form by instruction, discipline, or drill, to make prepared as by exercise for a test of skill, and I like this one, to direct the growth of a plant, usually by bending, pruning, and tying. So each one of these and teaching somebody is some form of discipline, some sort of we're training you to go this way. Cody just went to the Army, right? What he's doing right now, and if you've been in the military, they're training him to be a certain way. They're training him to think a certain way. They want to break him down and build him back up. Now, I'm not saying you do your children that way, okay? You don't break them down and send them out to boot camp every day and say, you do what I say, or you're going to do more of doing what I say. And you're going to do more punishment. That's what we want to do. Trust me. But... I've heard this verse used, and we've used it in our house. We prayed over our children at our house. And that's that last part, after we train them we, and they get to an age in their life where they're accountable for themselves, we still want to try to train them even more. And that's good that we do, but there's some point they've got to realize for themselves too, right? They've got to realize for themselves, just as we did, as I said earlier. So... When we, when we understand that when we love them, we train them and teach them the way the Bible tells us to, that's what we're called to do as parents. Train them. Guess what comes next? It's called faith. It's called faith to believe that this last part will come true. It's called faith to believe that I'm going to keep standing on the Word of God, that, that He's going to be faithful to His Word. Because he said, my word will never come back void. And, and so, as parents, that's what we got to do. We train them, and, and then we trust God that they got what we trained. And then, and then they go from there and train their children. Because, you know, we wish that all of our children would come out of the womb and just be perfect from day one till day whenever they pass from this world, right? That would be great. If we did, then our job would be easy as parents. It would be good. So, teenagers, y'all remember that. That's what your parents thought of you when you were born. All right? When you come out, they were like, oh, this perfect angel. And then when they hit about 13, you're like, this is a perfect demon sometimes. (laughs) That's what it feels like. And, and so we all understand what happens because our parents kind of thought the same thing. And not that you were a demon. Nobody's a demon child. Just We want you to listen and, and respect and honor. We're going to get into that in just a minute. So, because we all know that that doesn't happen. Because in, in Proverbs chapter 22 and verse 15, it says, Foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child. Foolishness. Rebellion. Things that are don't want to do what mom and dad says are bound up in the heart of a child. You say, well, they're innocent. Yeah, but they were born in the same evil world as you are. So they didn't have to learn how to say, this is mine. They didn't have to learn how to be selfish. It's something that, that just happens, seems like, right? They didn't learn how nobody taught them really how to lie, did they? They just didn't want to get in trouble all of a sudden. They figured that out. So I'll say, I didn't do it. When you saw them do it, but I didn't do it. I was the worst one. I still can't lie. Gabby, I thought I lied to Gabby, but, you know, just the smirk on my face. Something will give away something that I'm doing that I shouldn't be doing. And so I've never been able to lie real well. Even when I was younger, it didn't work. 
So, but that rod of correction will drive them far from it. The rod of correction. What is that rod of correction? Well, some people think it's a spoon. It's uh, whatever I can get my hand on as quick as I can. And sometimes you need that. I know when mine were small, there might have been a plastic spoon about that long that stayed in the vehicle with us. And when all three of them are back there messing up, because you couldn't reach your hand back there far enough, it might have got that spoon right there on the leg. Now, we didn't hit them in the face much. I don't think I did. Not after they got teenage years. And, I, yeah, I had to repent of that, too. We'll talk about that in a minute. That's not part of that rod of correction. So I never enjoyed the rod of correction that I got when I was a child, and I got it a lot of times. If you haven't been here to hear Dad preach on the home, he's used me an example every time. And when he gets to this part, why? Because I had the rod of correction more times than I should have. Why? Because I didn't want to submit, and I didn't want to learn. So it kept on with the rod of correction. It got so bad one time, I got brought home from school in Vine Month at the Christian school, whooped, and then sent back to school. So that's how bad it got. And that wasn't his fault, it was mine. Why? Because he wanted that rod of correction to drive that foolishness and rebellious far from me. And I appreciate that. I didn't like it when it happened. None of us did. If you got disciplined or whooped, spanked as a child, you didn't like it. But it was a form of what needed to happen to correct you from doing wrong in your life. And what you had, because we all know that every choice we make has consequences, good and bad, doesn't it? So when we make bad choices, and I've explained this to my children, when you make bad choices, there's bad things that's going to happen. There's going to be response, a response that you do not like. And so... You know, as a parent now, as, as raising, and, you know, we don't, our children are 25, fixed to be 26. Is Peyton fixing to be 26? I guess so. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so nearly a 26-year-old, a 23-year-old, and almost 22-year-old. So they're out of the house. There's nothing I can do anymore. Or I say out of the house. Hallie is still there. But I do not, I do not discipline her. She ain't, she ain't got a woman in a long time. Why? Because she's an adult. But she still has to honor and respect the ways of the house because she still lives there. And so, you know, but if she needed one, I would still give her one. All three of them. And, and so I know from being a dad that my dad didn't come home when I'd done something wrong. It was like, I get to bust his butt today. I'm just jumping and skipping with joy. Even though it seemed like it sometimes. That, and my children thought the same of me. But when he when we got to ride home that seven miles from Vimont Christian Academy back here to the house where they live right here, seven miles, that was the longest, quietest trip I've ever had in my life. I was 13, and I'm 40. I'm going to be 45. And I still remember that quite vividly. And I've traveled that mountain a lot, and I think about that ride home with Daddy in that 77 Ford F-150 in the front seat just sitting there. And he didn't say a word until he got done. And then asked me if the belt was wore out. I was like, no, sir. He said, I'll use it every day if I got to. I said, you will not act that way to your teachers. Okay. And so, yeah, that was how that went. And uh, then he took me back to school and he went back to work. Because was, I was fortunate as a child to have a father that worked 200 yards from the school I went to. So they could just call him up at any time. And so that makes, as, as a dad working, even happier to hear that, 
Hey, I'm working hard. I'm out here sweating. Hey, Mr. Carroll, you got a phone call from the school. It's your child. It's Mark again. So I understand the anger that rises up as a father. But I will give him credit for one thing. If he was that mad, he would wait a while before he whooped me. Now, it, you're talking about the anticipation, knowing it's coming. We didn't know when it was coming. And he didn't ever come up and slap me upside the head. It was always in this area. And that was and sometimes up here and sometimes on my hand or sometimes on my side. But that's because I moved and squirmed like a, I don't know what you want to call it. But, but I just, he put your hand, put your hand up here, Mark. Yes, I couldn't do it. So it just... <laughs> Mama, she she worked she worked harder than Daddy, if y'all could imagine it. I don't know if y'all can think of that or not. I mean, I hollered more, Mama, and that was just to make her laugh, is all that was. And she would quit and say, wait till your dad gets home. Yes, ma'am. And then she'd tell him. So, but, no, I had a great childhood. Guess what would have made it greater if I would have shut up and listened? Guess what would have made it a lot better if I would have just done what I was told to do, which is a lot of teenagers that come up into that life that have that same problem. They don't listen. And so there's discipline. Of course, now it's frowned on, right? What I'm preaching is frowned on. It's called abuse nowadays. And it's sad that that's that's the case. And I'm still glad we live in an area, for the most part, people still follow by God and, and discipline in those ways. But the rod of correction, and, and Daddy was a firm believer. If you ever heard him preach this before, he said this numerous times. He went to a conference one time, right, and heard teaching on this. And he said, don't spank till the child you know, cries loudly. Spank them till they cry softly. And he used that. Trust me. Trust me. And there wasn't no quiet crying softly quickly. It didn't get to that point till after a little bit. Why? Because you didn't. Because it, why? Why would you do that? Because it broke their will. You wanted to break that part out of them, make them understand that they didn't need that. I cried softly a lot. Later, okay, but it wasn't first. And you would thought, well, you think you would learn the lesson after the first time. Again, it did not work that way with me. Not till later in life. So, but so children, how to not get disciplined? Do what your parents tell you to do, right? Y'all understand that over here? I know y'all are perfect little kids over here, right, Brad and Elizabeth? I know that, yeah. Tori for sure, yeah. She never gets into, she ain't even listening now, is she? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, so, but Ephesians 6, 1. So children, Ephesians 6, 1. Savannah don't give any problems back here. I know that. Look, she's even quiet here. She just, she never makes a sound. Ephesians 6 1. Children, children, okay? That would be teenagers also. We can break that down if y'all want to. It's not talking. It's talking from here on to you leave your mother and father's house, okay? And even after that, why? Because you'll always be, I will always be that little woman's right there, baby boy, because I'm the baby in the family. So I'll always be the baby boy. My brother will always be the firstborn child. And my sister will always be the only girl. 
unless my brother decides to do something different, which I hope to God he don't. I'll have to worry about what Joey's preaching up here at Journey Church if he does, and if he's even listening. So, so you'll always be your parents' children, no matter how old you get. They'll always look at you as their little as their little child, even though you're adult. So there it says, "Children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right." That's straight out of the Bible. Straight out of the Bible, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and your mother. Which is the first commandment with promise. Honor your father and your mother. So how are they going to honor us as parents? That's, I promise you one way they will not, they will lose honor for you quickly and respect. It's as if we try to be their best friend all the way through growing up. We're not called to be our children's best friend as they're growing up. We're not called to be the cool parents. Oh, y'all just, y'all come drink at my house. At least I know where you're going to be. You know how much garbage that is? I mean, and of course, all the teenagers are like, hey, we're going to go over there. They're cool. They'll buy us alcohol for us. That's wrong. That's wrong. Why? Because you're not teaching them and raising them in the admiration and love and, and training them as you need to. You're not doing it as a parent. Just because you want to be cool and, and have all their friends at your house and you do all this and drink with them and all everything's cool and, you know, you know whatever, that's not teaching them anything besides how to do the wrong thing. Besides how to be something different than what the Word of God is. Because you're not training them to love. That's not loving them with agape love. That's loving them with the world's type of love. That's loving them, you know, with just of your own lust in, in mind. Why? Because prob- most of the time when that happens, guess who enjoys drinking just as much as the children? Parents do, right? So it's just an excuse for them. It's just an excuse. That's not right. We're not called to be their best friends. We're called to be their parents. Because if we get to a point to where, and I've seen this just in my young life, I've seen this, and you have too. You've seen parents that, well, we're just, you know, Teenagers were cool. You know, we're just friends. They come talk to me about anything, which is good. I mean, to a point. But if you get to that friend area and just not the discipline area, when it comes time to discipline, guess what? They're not going to listen. Because they're going to see you as one of their friends, not honor and respect you as a parent that they are. I've told mine a lot of times. I've got plenty of friends. I didn't have you just so I can have more friends. As long as you're here in my house. Now, now two of them's out of the house. We have different relationship. There's a different relationship between me and my parents as I haven't lived there. Why? I still honor and respect them as my parents, but I don't. They don't control my house and what I do every day. There's a different area and a level of respect and honor there. Sure, I still obey them. I still listen to their advice and ask for their advice sometimes. Why? Because I still honor and respect them as my parents. But if I was grown up in a house to where that respect and honor wasn't taught and wasn't, wasn't wanted there, needed there, or pushed there, then now as an adult I'm not going to honor and respect them as a parent. I'm just going to see them as somebody I can go to and we can hang out. And that's not where it needs to be. Why? Because we're called to honor our father and mother. This is the first commandment of the promise. Why? What's the promise? And this goes back to Exodus chapter 20 and verse 12. Straight out of the Ten Commandments. Straight out of it. There's no denying it. 
You can say, you just come up with that. Nope, Exodus 20-12 says, Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long on the land which the Lord your God has given you. Back up here in Ephesians 6-3, Paul says it. He says, the first commandment we promise, that promise is that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. I want to have a long life, right? I want to have a long, prosperous life. Well, how, how's one way I can ensure that? Honoring my father and mother. Loving them. Listening and obeying as I need to. So, so God thought enough of this and parents being who they're supposed to be. Marrying each other, bringing up children, you know, rearing them, teaching them to put this in the Ten Commandments. To put this right here in the Ten Commandments that we need to honor our parents. Honor our parents. And so us parents have work to do. They need a parent they can be happy to honor, right? They need a parent they can be happy to honor. How are we going to do that? By loving as we need to, right? By having a home built on what God, the Word of God says. That's how we're going to get there. Not trying to just to be the cool parent or, or something that, that, that is just whatever. But we want that relationship at our home to be grounded and founded on the Word of God. So for our home to be what God intended it to be, it has to be in the order that God placed, that God said to place it in. And He says, look, for the home to be where it needs to be, I need to be first. I need to be first. Men, I expect you to be here. I expect you to be the head of your house just like I'm the head of you. Women, not under the man, remember? But you're beside them. You're bringing help to them. You're a compliment to them. Not, not, not a nagger to them. The Bible talks about that too. We ain't going to go there. Not today. I don't want to be back. I'm, I'm fixing to leave for like four days. So I don't want to. I don't want to not be able to tell her I love her and not face to face. So we won't talk. She's not a nagging wife. I'm joking. She's not at all. I probably nag more than she does. Right? Do what? I'm trying. This is topic. This is topic. So we have to be here, and then guess what? Our children have to be. Priority after our, after our spouse, after God. Our children have to be a lower priority, even though we love them. We love them. There's a lot of people that say, I love my children more than anything. Well, there's, there's some of your problem. You love them more than God. You love them more than your husband or your, other, or your spouse, whichever one says it. And you put them up above that. And then your home starts to get out of whack and out of where it needs to be and out of order from what God said. So if we want our home built on the foundation that Jesus said to build it on, it's got to be this way. It's got to be this way. And then as, as it goes from there and our children grow up, and, and sure, there's going to be times to where they're going to go wayward. And they're not going to see God work in their life. They're not going to want God to work in their life. They're not wanting Him to move in their life. Then what do we do? We have to keep believing and standing on the Word of God that says when they're old, they won't depart from it. And not beat ourselves up about what we did or what we didn't do. And, and just dwell on that each and every day. When, no, God, forgive me for not being who I was supposed to be while I was raising my children each and every time. We can start that now. If you've got children at home and there's things you need to change, trust me. There was a lot of things I needed to change because when, 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 especially Peyton, when he was that age, 
when he was teenage years, he would test me out. I remember asking Daddy one time, I said, how did you do it? He's like, what are you talking about? I said, not beat the ever-living mess out of me every day. He said, well, I just learned to control my temper. I learned that later in life after Peyton went through teenage years before I, while he was still there. There was a lot of times I did not handle situations with him or Ariana. There was a little sweet Ariana. She's come, she's, she's come tried to jump on me before, if you can believe that. And I hope she watches this. Did she not? <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, I mean, she just, I asked her. Her and her mama was into it, and I went to stop it. And she just, I said, you want some? And she just come after me. Now, she got, might have got thrown across the room onto the bed after she'd done it. But, I mean, she was, she was 16, 17 years old. I don't know. She only did it once. I'll give her credit for that. She didn't do it again. Um, I guess they each, they got to learn their own. I remember that. I was... 14, 15 years old, and Daddy was telling me to do something all day and cut grass, and I wouldn't do it. And he said, listen, if you think you're too old to be whooped like a boy, I will whoop you like a man right now. And I was like, oh, I thought I wanted some until he said that. And then uh, I was like, Daddy, you wouldn't really hit me, would you? He said, don't try me. So what I do, I crunk the lawnmower up, and I started push mowing. I started push mowing. So I never, I never got to that point to where I, you know, I was just going to take daddy. I was just, I was, I, I never got to that. And my children really didn't either. Except for, and, but how do we handle those situations? Sure, anger rises up. We want to act out in ways, but we want to teach them how to act the right way even though they're angry. That's where parenting, again, is not easy. Because our first reaction We don't want to see them react the same way when they have children. We don't want to see them react the same way as we do toward them, but we don't show any different. We're a lot of, and parents, you you know this, we're a lot of do as I say, not as I do kind of attitude, right? We can act all we want to, but you don't act that way at all. We can say what we want to say, but you don't say that at all. That's not how what the Word of God says, right? If we're going to train them, then they got to see an example from us. Look, I'm preaching to myself also. There was numerous times and still times in my life that I don't, I, I, I stray from who I desire to be each and every day. And so reading this again reminded me of times in my life as our children growing up to where I knew I should have handled those things. And there have been times where I went back to Peyton. I went back to Ariana. I went back to Hallie and had to apologize for the way I handled myself. And, and ask for forgiveness there. Why? Because it was not right. I wanted them to see something different. And, and so there's, there's ways of handling things, but we got, I've got to make that my life is grounded on the Word of God. I've got to make sure that my, I am submitting to God each and every day and walking in love. It's going to take a lot of work and a lot of sacrifice from parents and children alike to have a home that's built and the foundation that it needs to be on on the Word of God and everything flow together. It's going to take a lot of work. And it's like I said earlier, a few weeks ago, are we willing to put in that work each and every day? Are we willing to do that? But it's got to start at home. Parents, it's got to start at home. 
It's got to start with us so we can teach them from a young age and then they can teach their children when they get old enough. And they can show others. Because nobody else around is going to show that. And, and so we need to carry this on from generation to generation, this kind of love. So it's an everyday walk. It's an everyday life. And, and so my desire is that I live this life better every day, from, that, I'm, that, I, that I walk in love more tomorrow than I did today. And the next day, the, and, and the same the day after, and it just carries on. Walking in love. Let's read the rest of this in Ephesians chapter 6. I didn't read this one verse because this is part of that anger that I was talking about in verse 4. And you fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath or anger, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. Bring them up in that. There's plenty of times that I thought about this verse after I acted out in anger. And it caused them to be angry. That doesn't mean that this, this, this verse does not say that, that it's good to have, well, let's just have a timeout. Let's just go sit in the corner for a little while. No, Now, there's times like my dad used to do and have to walk away for a minute, but you still got to go back and deal with that situation. But walking away means, hey, God, help me and Spirit lead me while I do this. Not me on my own. Because what I want to do and what, 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 what we wanted to do, and I'm sure he did numerous times, was pick us up by the throat. You remember how the undertaker and stuff or somebody would just pick them up and just slam them down? We all know how that feels. And we all know that wanting to do that so they can understand that we are serious in what we say. But he never done it. And, and so why? Because he didn't want to provoke me to wrath. And, and I got to the point finally where I didn't want to provoke mine to wrath. But that's, that's not just fathers. That's mothers also. But fathers, why? Because fathers deal more with anger sometimes and what, how we act out than what mothers do. Because mothers, as I said, are to be, they were brought here and God designed them and made them to be the nurturers, right? The ones that care for them. I know even with Tanner now at the house, when I, when I get on the Tanner, I know it's different between children and grandchildren. I get it. But that she doesn't this same thing, and there's no fault of hers. But you know, get a, say something to Tanner for doing something wrong. She's like, "What are you doing? Talk to my G baby mean like that?" And and so, and she's just playing to a point. But you know, I have to sometimes come back and check how I'm actually talking and sounding. Why? Because sure, things that happen, and like, I told you not to do that. Quit. And, and then I have to make sure that I'm doing it in the right way and doing it in a way that honors God but not bring Him to wrath. But, I, you know, we want to bring our children up in the training and admonition of the Lord. So the only way we're going to do that, fathers, is be who God called us to be. Children, you need to be willing to be trained, okay, trained. Just because when you hit 13, 14, you don't know everything, you really still don't know anything. You don't know anything. You need your parents to train you and teach you because when you get into this world, and some of you have already found out, it's ugly and it's mean and it's not easy. So you need that training and understanding about, what, about what's going to happen, what's going to go on in life. And parents, we need to be willing to be the vessels that God can use to train our children each and every day. Why? So we can have a home built and founded on the love of God and we can show that love to others. Amen? Amen. Y'all stand this morning.
I still want my home built on this. Even though all my children are about gone, I still want this to happen. The only way it can. And it can fall out of whack tomorrow if I stop submitting my life to God. If I stop submitting and, and submitting myself to my wife as I need to and being that man of God that she needs in her life. To where she can help submit her life to God as she needs to. And, and then be the role that she needs to be. And I thank God for I thank God for her every day. When we pray, I thank God for her in my life and the help me that she's put that he's put here and allowed me to have. And so we need to pray for our spouses. We need to pray for our children. Children, guess what? You need to pray for your parents. You need to pray for your parents. Why? So you 